Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Welcome to the Pathways podcast. My name is Scott Ensminger, and uh, just grateful to be uh, having you with us again today. As always, Mr. Peter Buckland is with me as well. Hello. And we are going to be talking about the Pathway uh, prayer. We're going to do this in two parts because we just want uh, to be sure we don't give you too much information at one time and be able just to help you to focus uh, on the rhythm of prayer. So, Mr. Peter, as we get started this morning, why don't you just kind of lay out even what prayer is and why it is important in our spiritual life? Mm-hmm. We talk about prayer in so many different ways, and the way that we really want to focus on it in Pathways is that prayer is our emotional connection that we have with God that brings us peace and spiritual security. We look on it in this way because prayer is the number one way that we can develop our personal relationship with God through our own language and talking and emotions. Now, the Word of God really centers us and gives us information. But when we talk to God and we express to Him what we're really thinking and what we're really feeling about it, um, how we're putting ideas together and um, dealing with this from the standpoint of having a conversation, God interacts with that in some amazing way and allows for us to have this sense of abiding peace. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6, Paul writes, and he says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but we are to be prayerful in every situation with thanksgiving, with any way that we pray, and God will meet us in that prayer time, and he will give us a peace that passes understanding. And so there's something really mysterious about prayer that holds us together emotionally and spiritually, and people want to have an experience with God. And prayer gives them that experience with God and allows for them to really be able to be connected with Him in a personal way. So, Scott, when we talk about having a personal relationship with God, our prayer is a very important part of that personal relationship. One of the verses that uh, just comes to mind is in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Uh, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Um, why, why is that so important uh, to us? Why, did, why was that even put in the mm-hmm. Scripture for yeah. us to even see that? Because this is coming from the passage that talks about the armor of God. Why mm-hmm. is prayer so important mm-hmm. for us to be praying for others and for, uh, for each other in this? Mm-hmm. I want to I talk about the take on praying in the Spirit, first of all. Okay. Um, praying in the Spirit is... I think a way that Paul is talking about taking the truth of God, taking what we know about God, and allowing for us to get in touch with the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and to be able to express back to God what those truths mean to us and what we really need for God to do in our own lives. I don't think that this is talking about some mystical experience that is not available to all Christian people, because Paul wrote this for the Ephesians, that no matter what their spiritual giftings were, no matter what their lives were like, they were to pray with the focus that the Holy Spirit could give us. So the first thing that I would say about this 
is that all people everywhere are encouraged to have this really dynamic, interactive relationship with God. And so many times we feel like having a really close relationship with God is for somebody else, but not for me. And prayer allows for me over time to develop this sense of closeness. And so I'm going to use the word of God to inform my prayers. So I'm going to read the scripture and I'm going to notice that it says that I am to be peaceful, that I am to be loving, that I am to be kind, that I am to be gracious, that I am to be merciful. And I'm going to stop and I'm going to have a conversation with God at that point and say, Lord, my children are at home right now and I am really struggling being merciful and peaceful. And I need you to come into my life and give me what I need so that I'm going to do a better job at working with my children. Or it also says that we're not to be anxious for anything, but I'm still going to experience anxiety. And so I'm going to say to the Lord, Lord, I'm anxious about my job. I'm anxious about the economy. I'm anxious about my health. I'm anxious about what's happening in the world around me. And you have told me not to be anxious. And so I need your help. I need you to hold me together. I need you to help me to not be anxious right now and to be able to focus in on really important truths about how you stabilize me and how you're walking with me and how you are helping me right now. And as you look at this passage, it says that we are to pray with all kinds of different prayers. So I can journal my prayers. I can speak my prayers. I can think my prayers. I can pray with other people with my prayers. I can have other people pray over me with those prayers. And that I want to be aware that I have to focus in on what God says is really important. And I think that's where this idea of being clear-minded and alert comes from, Mm. is that there's all of these different voices, and we're, we're kind of calling it noise right now. There is so much information that is out and about in the world right now that it can weigh me down. And the Word of God and the voice of God could be squelched underneath all of that weight. And I'm going to have to dig through that information. I'm going to have to designate some time. I'm going to have to go back to the Word of God and refocus my mind on what do I really need to be praying about? What does the Word of God say? And then I'm going to let that inform my own prayer life. And then it says that we are to keep praying for all the Lord's people. What is so amazing about this passage that Paul reminds us is we are in the same boat. Hmm. If I'm impatient with my kids, I can probably list 100 people that are impatient with their kids. If I am anxious, I can probably list 200 people that are dealing with the very same thing. We are dealing with life together. And so when I'm praying for myself, then there are other people that will come to mind who have the very same kind of life situation that I'm dealing with right now. And Paul says, don't forget them because they might not be praying. Don't forget them. They might be feeling overwhelmed in this moment. Don't forget them. They might be really stressed out. Don't forget them. They might be buried underneath all the weight that's going on around you. And so you can be an advocate for somebody else. And what's really amazing is that God has said that through his spirit, that he will be able to do amazing work in other people when we pray for them. And so when I'm praying for somebody, I'm actually asking God to step in and strengthen and guide and direct and preserve and give to people what they really need. And some way, somehow, the Holy Spirit, because God is living and active in our lives, the Holy Spirit enters in to a person's life in some way and provides some sort of blessing and benefit for them. And Paul's just saying, hey, don't forget that while you're dealing with these times, dealing with these situations that you're facing. So if somebody is new in their journey with Christ and 
uh, so we talk about learning to pray, mm-hmm. and they don't. That's something that's very new to them. Someone that's been uh, not a Christian very long, or mm-hmm. just starting this journey and beginning because of the situation we're in, really starting to find out who God is. What's a good starting point for them? Mm-hmm. The the number one place to begin always is gratitude. Okay, um, a thankful prayer. Um, so what I would say is if people are really coming into their own for prayer, or if prayer has stalled them out, um, is to begin making a list of how you've seen God work in your life. Uh, the scriptures that you're reading, and you're reading about the promises of God, you're reading about the work of God, um, you're grateful for uh, the church, for people that you have participated with in support groups or small groups or just conversations. And beginning with a sense of gratitude for what God is doing is really, really important. And that's probably the very easiest way for us to begin getting in touch with our own prayer life. The second thing would be is to acknowledge to God what you appreciate about Him. And stopping to say, Lord, I just really appreciate that you have given me a new life. And I am learning what that life is like, that you are making a new creation out of me, a creation that you have designed, a creation that is in your mind that you're giving me as a gift. And I'm not there yet, but you're showing me what that actually looks like. And then you can go into asking him for what you need um, so that our prayers don't start off with a laundry list of, Lord, I need you to do this, and I need you to do that, and I need you to do this. It's stopping and really focusing in on how amazing God really is. And then to say to him, Lord, with all of that in mind, with how grateful I am, with how much I appreciate you, I also need these these kinds of actions from you. Would you please give these to me? Would you give these to the people that I love? And then the last thing is to thank him for his involvement because he's living and he's moving. And sometimes it's hard for us to sense all of that. But over time, we get a, a better understanding of what God is actually doing. So you have gratitude, you have um, this awareness and appreciation of who God is, you have your own petitions, and then you have this kind of statement that allows for you to, again, express your appreciation to Him. When you said, uh, to be careful of the laundry list, God, I need you to do this and I need you to do that, any other dangers we need to be careful of in our own prayer life that we don't fall in the habit of doing mm-hmm. or... Yeah, James chapter 3 says that sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we ask for selfish things. Okay. We ask for things that God really doesn't want for us to have. Or we ask for such unrealistic things that God is somehow a checkbook and all we have to do is ask it and He will automatically give it to us. Again, going back to the Word of God is if the Word of God informs us and allows for us to have a sense about what God is interested in doing for us, then uh, we use that to help inform our prayers. So for example, um, we want to pray that God holds people together. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, part of Jesus' ministry is to hold us together. Are we going to get sick in this world? Yes. Is that going to create anxiety for us? Yes. Is that going to create problems for us? Absolutely. Do we know what the outcome of illness is going to be? No, we don't. We pray for people to get better. We pray for people to hold on to their jobs. We pray for people to be able to make ends meet and for marriages to be successful. But we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And so 
what I like to think about is, Lord, I, I'm going to be an advocate for that person, and I'm going to pray the very best for them, and I'm going to let you work out your will and your plan in that person's life. And I'm going to continue to knock on the door, so to speak, and ask you, please bless this person. Please hold this person together. Please let this person know that you love and care about him or her. Um, the presence of God is the first thing that we need to pray about. And that's part of what Psalm chapter 23, verse 4 talks about. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this idea that Christ is with me. And I think that needs to be our very first thing that we pray about. And then secondly, we pray about what really is on our hearts. And I will often say, Lord, I know that you're going to bless this person and you're going to do uh, what is best. You're going to work your way and your plan in this person's life. But please be gentle. Please be merciful. Please be kind as you do that. And I'm going to ask you over and over again to please care for this person and live out your plan in their lives. And I'm going to do the best that I can to come alongside that person during that time, no matter what the outcome might be. Because God has not promised us no suffering. God has not promised us that we will get what we ask for. And I think that's one of the dangers that we have within um, our own Christian understanding is that if I pray for something, then somehow God should give me that thing. And I need to remember to pray and ask for God to give us what he needs to give and that I need to come alongside of him during that time, even if it's more of a difficulty than what I really want for people to have. So moving from learning to pray to uh, praying to seek guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Foster makes a statement in the in the book uh, Celebration of Discipline. He says, "To pray is to change." So, just talk a little bit about when we begin to uh, start praying for guidance of of what God wants for our life and to mm-hmm. seek that. Just mm-hmm. maybe through that process and what that looks like. Yeah, uh, James chapter one verse five reminds us that we don't have the wisdom that we need to have. And I always like to couch guidance in terms of wisdom, that God knows the road. He sees it. He knows what our next steps can be. And I can either go through life guessing or using the information around me without praying for God to show me how I can put that together to make it usable in my own context. And so I've got the Word of God. I've got a lot of information that flows in around me. I have my own apprehensions. I have my own blind spots, the things that I really can't see uh, because of my own perspective, because I can't see all perspectives at the same time. And um, I also have my own kind of concerns, anxieties, or fears in any situation. And so when I stop and I say, Lord, this is where I'm at. This is the best information that I have. This is where we are as a culture. This is where I am as a person. This is where I am as a family. Would you please help me to figure out what a good next step would be? What should I do in this particular situation? And I know it's a bit of a mystical process, but I also know that all truth is God's truth. And so I don't want to do anything uh, to put God to the test, to just simply say, well, I'm just not going to pay attention to something that we know is beneficial, and I'm just going to trust God to take care of me even though I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. I think that that's not the way of wisdom. But instead is how do I take all of the things that we know are good, all the things we know are right, and all the things that we know even in Scripture 
that God wants for us to experience and say, how do you put this together, Lord, to help me move forward? And there are times that we stumble into it and we think, wow, that worked out a lot better than what I thought. Uh, and there are times that we just get going and words come to us or a situation occurs and it's like, wow, I didn't expect it to really happen quite like that. And then there are times that we really get insight. I mean, we, we do think through, oh, I could say this about the situation or I just need to back off and step step away for a little bit. And what I have found is that when I pray for conversations and people and situations and decisions, that those will turn out a lot better than when I don't pray for them. Mm. That there is something that I can't put my finger on. There is a way that God moves in our lives, and he says, I will give you what you don't have. Because what I like in James chapter 1, verse 5 is that God will give us wisdom without finding fault because he knows we don't have it. This is part of the reason that I am a Christian today. I mean, I, I believe in Christ, and I, I believe in the Word of God that it is inspired. But what encourages my heart is that every single day I can get wisdom. Every day I can pray, and I can ask God to guide my steps. And when I look at my day and I see how my day turned out, as opposed to times when I did not do that, I have found that He walks with me in some mystical, sort of invisible way, but my day is a lot better than when I just wake up and I just zip through my day and I just do whatever it is that I think that I should do. So this leads us to, you know, learning how to pray and seeking for guidance is setting my mind every morning, Hmm. is that I need to pray in the morning, even sometimes before my feet hit the ground, but very shortly after I get up, especially in these days where our schedules are so crazy and our structures are so different, is that God will guide me as I ask him to on this new path, this new way of living, these, this new information that is coming uh, almost um, hour by hour, and that he will help me get through that in a really healthy way. And I can get through my day and feel more intact at the end if I will pray like that. So... You know, we talked last week about spending time, why it's important to be in the Word daily. Um, when you begin to seek God for guidance of your life, you can't help but to be with God right. daily in prayer. Um, those are two huge steps for everybody. Um, as we finish up talking about um, praying for guidance, one of the things that, um, uh, for those that don't, maybe are new to Christ Church or haven't heard about this yet, we have these discipleship groups called Rooted Groups, and you can be a part of one of those. It's a it's an 11-week opportunity to be a part of a group, and uh, you go through different rhythms, and it's been a great thing and uh, just to be a part of here at Christ Church, and those will be coming back up again in the fall of, of 2020. But one of the things that said in the Rooted uh, material of just talking about prayer, it says to pray privately, pray regularly, and pray genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um I think pray genuinely is the hardest one for some people. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about praying mm-hmm. for guidance and close this out today, mm-hmm. anything come to your mind about being genuine in your prayer life? Yeah. Um, I want to take people back to what we started with, uh, with the podcast, is that God is a relational God. And because He's a relational God, He doesn't have a set pattern of what we need to say to Him. In fact, my best relationships are the relationships that sometimes people have to stumble through to find the words that they want to say. And I don't find fault with that. And God really fits that very same kind of relationship where we don't need to have our prayers 
written out, although it's fine to have them written out. We don't have to have our prayers memorized, but there are lots of church prayers that are, and that's perfectly fine as long as they're meaningful. But there are these times that it's very hard for us to capture into words what we're really experiencing, and I may fumble or I might not know what to say. So I always like to tell people, start as though you're just having a regular conversation and just talk your way into the subject or the conversation that you really need to have because sometimes we have to do that and it's perfectly fine when we're with a really good friend. Uh, And then there are times that when we pray, it's just like being with a really good friend where we can't find the words, but just being with that person, again, in the presence of that person is really, really helpful. In Romans chapter eight, tells us that the Holy Spirit intervenes with us and intercedes with us with groanings that are too deep for words. And so there is no way that when we pray, we can have our communication with God blocked, is that even if we can't say anything, God reads our heart. The Holy Spirit is there. And I don't understand how all of that works, but just stopping and sometimes sitting in silence, just being quiet is really all that we need to do. And we'll feel better for that. And then there are times we fumble over our words and we're just not really sure that what I said was even important enough or valuable enough or that God would be concerned about that. And I just want to encourage everybody that those kinds of prayers are probably some of the most special prayers mm-hmm. because those are the prayers that you give to a friend. Say, hey man, tell me what's going on. And like, well, I, I just don't know how to even put this into words. Well, just get going. And it eventually... Um, helps us to be able to um, feel better when we can actually find the words. In fact, we know that even when we counsel with somebody or we talk with them about um, asking them to tell us how they're really doing, when people talk, in fact, it's really good to write out your prayers or to talk your prayers rather than think your prayers, um, you actually integrate better and you you feel better. You're, You're able to articulate in a better way what's going on in your life. Same thing is true with prayers with God is that you just are speaking them or you're writing them or you're working them out and you're finding the words and they're creating concepts for you that are really, really helpful. And as a result, that genuineness is actually incredibly meaningful. So when people are reading prayers or they're reciting prayers that they have memorized and they begin to lose a sense of connection, what they need to do is add these kinds of authentic, just spoken prayers. It doesn't mean you have to stop some prayers that are really meaningful. Like I pray Psalm 23 a lot, and I will visualize what that is like uh, for God to be my shepherd. But then there are just times that I just want to say what really is going on about how he is my shepherd and what I appreciate about him and what I need out of him and what I like about what my friendships are giving to me and how to focus my mind on him in worship, like the very end of that psalm. And I just make that up as I go. And those are incredibly important to me, as well as praying Psalm 23. So instead of looking at it as either or, look at it as both and. What can I use to help me with my prayers? But how do I get myself in how I'm feeling within my prayers. And that genuineness, I think, is something that is so valuable that it doesn't matter how it comes out, what matters is that it does. It's okay that it's raw, it's okay that you are just 
angry or or, mm-hmm. or frustrated, whatever it is at that moment, because that's probably when you're the most genuine yes. with God and you just cry that out or, or just blurt it out sometimes. Yes. So yeah, he has big shoulders and he does not criticize us for expressing how we are doing. Okay. And right now, it's probably a good thing for all yeah. of us to remember right yes, now. It so, is. Uh, this wraps up part one of our podcast talking about prayer. Uh, when we, uh, on our next podcast, we're going to be talking about the importance of solitude and the importance of fasting. So again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and we will uh, catch you next time as we talk about prayer, uh, part two. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.